You are listening to Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement, with your host, Randy Sutton. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement, with your host, Randy Sutton, here on the America Out Loud Network. We've got a great show for you today, and uh, lots to talk about, lots of madness in the streets, and let's just get right to it. Let's take a walk into the briefing room where I'm going to give you my view from the blue. So much death, so much destruction, so much looting and arson and rioting and madness and lies being told about law enforcement. All to push forward a political agenda and a social movement that seems bent on the destruction of our country. I want to talk about the most recent shooting in Kenosha, Wisconsin. A uh, black male shot by a white police officer. Instantly, the riots began. Instantly, the, the smoke literally hadn't even cleared when the governor of Wisconsin proclaimed that this man was, quote, mercilessly killed, unquote, by the police. Without even having one iota of knowledge about what took place. Well, should it be surprising to anyone that immediately the protestations began, which quickly degenerated into rioting and looting and burning for two days? with multiple businesses being destroyed, with, with millions and millions of dollars in, uh, in, in damages being incurred, with lives being lost. No one should be surprised at that because, once again, the political movements that are out there, like Black Lives Matter and the pandering politicians, including Joe Biden, who also decreed that this was excessive force without knowing anything. Unarmed black man, is what they said, shot in the back by a police officer. Cries for him to be charged with murder. Well, I'm going to read you now, because you didn't hear the story. You didn't hear the police officer's point of view. You only heard what the media wanted you to hear. And I can guarantee you it's a whole lot different than the truth. This is from the Police Union of Kenosha. The recent officer-involved shooting in Kenosha has produced a variety of feelings and narratives, most of which are wholly inaccurate. The purely fictional depiction of events coming from those without direct knowledge of what actually occurred is incredibly harmful and provides no benefit to anyone whatsoever, other than to perpetuate a misleading narrative. The lawyers for Mr. Blake, among others, have continued to provide false and misleading, quote, facts, unquote, to the public, in what can only be considered a ploy for attention and sympathy. Unfortunately, even the incident update from the Wisconsin Department of Justice Division of Criminal Investigation, that's the agency charged with investigating the incident independently, is riddled with incomplete information and omits important details 
that would help to paint a more complete picture of the incident. While DCI updated that release earlier today, it is still lacking. The Kenosha Professional Police Association, including the officers involved, believe the public deserves to know the truth. Here are the actual and undisputed facts. The officers were dispatched to the location due to a complaint that Mr. Blake was attempting to steal the caller's keys and vehicle. Officers were aware of Mr. Blake's open warrant for felony sexual assault before they arrived on the scene. Mr. Blake was not breaking up a fight between two females when officers arrived on the scene. The silver SUV seen in the widely circulated video was not Mr. Blake's vehicle. Mr. Blake was not unarmed. He was armed with a knife. The officers did not see the knife initially. The officers first saw him holding the knife when they were on the passenger side of the vehicle. The main video circulating on the internet shows Mr. Blake with the knife in his left hand when he rounds the front of the car. The officers issued repeated commands for Mr. Blake to drop the knife. He did not comply. The officers initially tried to speak with Mr. Blake, but he was uncooperative and refused. The officers then began issuing verbal commands to Mr. Blake, but he was non-compliant. The officers next went hands-on with Mr. Blake so as to gain compliance and control. He actively resisted the officers' attempt to gain compliance. The officers then disengaged and drew their tasers, issuing commands to Mr. Blake that he would be tased if he did not comply. Based on his non-compliance, one officer tased Mr. Blake, and the taser did not incapacitate him. The officers once more went hands-on with Mr. Blake again, trying to gain control of the escalating situation. Mr. Blake forcefully fought with the officers, including putting one of the officers in a headlock. A second taser from a different officer than the one that had deployed the initial taser was then deployed on Mr. Blake. It did not have to it did not appear to have any impact on him. Based on the inability to gain compliance and control after using verbal, physical, and less lethal means, the officers drew their firearms. Mr. Blake continued to ignore the officers' commands, even with the threat of lethal force now present. The foregoing facts needed to be added to the story to correct what is currently out there. As the uncontested facts above demonstrate, the officers involved gave Mr. Blake numerous opportunities to comply. He chose not to. None of the officers involved wished for things to transpire the way it did. It is my hope that the truth and transparency will help begin and aid the healing process. This is the statement from the Kenosha Police Department's union. You'll not hear that in the mainstream media, but now you have the facts. We will see what happens as this shooting investigation comes to a conclusion about the officer's actions. And, you know, that's really the only thing that we should ask. Wait till the investigation is complete before you make a judgment. You can't make a judgment based on what you see in 15 seconds of video. And the narrative that the officer just opened fire on an unarmed black man and shot him in the back is 
just used by the media and by attorneys and by political leaders to fan the flames of destruction and death. This will be a very emotional and in a uh, topical discussion in the near future until this comes to a conclusion. Meanwhile, will the cities continue to burn? Will Kenosha continue to burn? Well, let's talk about that for a moment. The initial police response when the rioting began was overwhelming for this 200 officer police department to handle by themselves. So they issued what's called a mutual aid request, requesting police officers from other communities. Well, Milwaukee is the largest city in the area. And yet Milwaukee did not come to the aid of this police department. The reason? No one's talking. But I intend to find out, and I will report to you. I find it highly suspicious and highly offensive and highly irregular that one major police agency would refuse the aid. This is really something that needs to be looked into. But other officers did come, and the President of the United States offered federal aid in the form of federal law enforcement to help. Initially, the governor refused. But as the city continued to be destroyed, he finally, and the mayor, did the right thing. They deployed the National Guard, and then they took up the president's offer of help. And as a result, the major parts of rioting that take place, the looting, the burning, etc., the killing, has pretty much come to an end. I think maybe this is a time that other leaders, and I'm using my fingers as little quotes on that one, such as the incompetent Ted Wheeler in Portland, Seattle, Minnesota, Minneapolis, it's time for those leaders to step up and see what works. What works? Force works. The National Guard and federal officers. That's what works. And if you fail to do that, if you fail to take the help, then the blood of those victims is on your hands. In Seattle, rioters this is almost in it's it's hard to believe that we have degenerated to this point rioters in in seattle used cement to seal the doors of the east precinct to trap police officers inside while they set the building ablaze think of this think of the evil think of the inhumanity 
And it's only because of their own incompetence, because they didn't mix the, 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 the texture correctly, that they weren't able to do what their nefarious plans were all about. They were willing to burn these officers alive and seal them in this building which would become their tomb. What kind of human being does that? What kind of, what kind of person could possibly come up with something so evil and diabolical? Well, these are the peaceful protesters that you're hearing about on CNN and ABC and other mainstream media. The peaceful protesters. What's going on across America should shock everyone. Should be a call to all people who love this country that we must fight it. Now, how are we going to fight it? We have to come together to support law enforcement. Not fall into the trap of the political movements and the social justice, quote, warriors, unquote, who pretend to care about the communities of color, but actually do not care only about their own political agendas and motives. Because the people who are living in these communities are facing more and more violence. We're seeing death and destruction on a scale we've never seen before. Even in Chicago, it's getting worse. Oh, but Mayor Lightfoot in Chicago? Even though they didn't have enough, quote, resources, unquote, to battle a number of violent rioters, somehow she managed to come up with a whole bunch of cops that she posted on her block so that so that her neighborhood was protected. And then unapologetically gave a public address saying that it was only right because she's a public figure and she's getting threatened. This shows you the political class, the elitists, and their willingness to use the police for their own benefit and care not one thing about the communities that they allegedly are serving. The only people who really care are the same police that are being abused every single day and being dehumanized by the media, by many in the political arena, by sports figures. <laughs> I don't even want to go there. I hope we never see another sports game ever. A bunch of elitist punks who come out and don't even bother to play. I listen. I hope that I I just hope professional sports goes away. What do they really contribute to society? A bunch of overpaid entertainers. Useless. And we're about running out of time and we've got a guest waiting for us in the interview room. Calling all law enforcement officers, whether current or former, or if you just like cops and want to support them. We've got an event coming up. I've been telling you about it for weeks, but we actually had to 
unfortunately uh, reschedule it from the original date in October to March 27th. This is the Brothers in Blue Bash in Las Vegas, the largest celebration of law enforcement, unity, and pride in America. It's going to be here in Las Vegas at the Cox Pavilion, March 27th. You do not want to miss this. If you uh, are a supporter of law enforcement, if you are a cop or you have been and you want to come to an event that is going to raise money for the Wounded Blue, the National Assistance and Support Organization for Injured and Disabled Officers, and you want to have a hell of a time, then you don't want to miss the Brothers in Blue Bash. How do you get tickets? Easy, easy, easy. You can go to Facebook and look up the Brothers in Blue Bash Las Vegas. Get tickets right there. You can also get a table for uh, 10 people for, I believe it's uh, $850. It's either $850 or $950, I don't remember. But it's somewhere around that for 10 people. Uh, and if you want to become a sponsor of the Wounded Blue and get, uh, excuse me, of the Brothers in Blue Bash, which is also sponsoring the Wounded Blue, um, then contact me, Randy at thewoundedblue.org. That's Randy at thewoundedblue.org. Don't miss this event, the Brothers in Blue Bash, March 27th. Uh, uh, hopefully all of this insanity with COVID and, and all the unrest will be done by then and we can have a party. Be there. I want to tell you about a product that I never thought that I would be speaking about, let alone <laughs> endorsing and admitting the use of, and that's CBD. Uh, I, I was completely ignorant to it until some people that I have worked with were telling me that it worked so well. Um, I had people tell me that they had arthritis pain and they used uh, CBD cream on it. And, and there was just a, several people. Well, I, I didn't give it much thought, really until a retired New York City uh, police officer uh, came to me and said that he was in the CBD business and he wanted to advertise on this program. So at first, I got to tell you, I was a little nervous. Uh, I was a little uncomfortable. But he told me all about what this product does. It's called Luxfite. And um, it comes in all kinds of different preparations. And he said, look, why don't you try it, see what you think. And um, if you believe in it, then, you know, I'd like to advertise. So I did, and I do. Luxvite. Go to luxvitecbd.com. Uh, Luxvite, that's L-U-X-V-I-T-E-C-B-D.com. It's got all kinds of uh, potions and, and, and all kinds of um, uh, ointments, etc. cetera. Uh, I got to tell you, I am impressed. It has no THC content. That was one of the things that um, that this uh, uh, owner of this business told me about. And he is a great guy, uh, spent uh, many, many years in law enforcement, retired from the NYPD. And he wouldn't have gotten involved in it until he did his research, and he did. Great products. LuxviteCBD.com. That's Luxvite, L-U-X-V-I-T-E-C-B-D.com. Check it out. I think you'll be glad you did. If there is one thing that I truly love, it is my morning coffee. I, I, I love it. I love it. I probably drink three to four cups in the morning, and there is nothing like that first sip of that rich brew. Well, guess what? Uh, there is a coffee company that you have got to try. 
It's Law Dog Coffee. Law Dog Coffee is a police-friendly, because it is uh, not only a police-friendly, but uh, Law Dog is the number one sponsor of the Wounded Blue. And so I got to tell you, I am more than uh, appreciative of what Law Dog Coffee does for for injured officers. But I wouldn't drink it unless it was really, really good. There's all kinds of different blends. It is amazing stuff from Costa Rica. And it's uh, uh, brewed, excuse me, it is manufactured or uh, roasted, excuse me. That's the right word. Roasted in a facility that's been around for 90 years from the same family. This is amazing coffee. Of course, donut shop blend is my favorite. I, I don't know why. But it is truly amazing coffee. Go to LawDogCoffee.com. That's LawDogCoffee.com. It is amazing stuff. Um, it'll they deliver it directly to your house. Uh, you go on a subscription. Uh, trust me, this is some of the best coffee you will ever have. And they donate uh, very heavily to the Wounded Blue. So check it out. Law Dog Coffee. Tastes so good, it ought to be illegal. America's cities and claims of racism in the ranks of law enforcement have spirited a renewed debate on racial equality. It was Alexis de Tocqueville who reminded us, Americans are so enamored of equality, they would rather be equal in slavery than unequal in freedom. To which I say, be warned of the shiny object, America. AmericaOutloud.com is the voice of liberty and justice for all. Well, it's a fight for the soul of humanity. Did you know the average person spends 26 years of their life sleeping? The real troubling statistic is that we spend seven years of our life trying to get to sleep, struggling with racing minds, tossing and turning. If you're one of the millions of Americans who need better quality sleep, the time to change is now. Sleep is proven to extend our lifespan, protect against terrible diseases like cancer, heart disease, and dementia, make us more attractive and thinner, feel calmer and happier, and boost energy levels, memory, and performance. Until now, most sleep supplements haven't worked, but a new easy-to-swallow sleep gel invented by the leading nutrition company Healthy Cell is designed to support all four stages of human sleep to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake up refreshed. It's called REM Sleep. To get a free two-night supply of REM sleep, visit HealthyCell.com sleep. That's Healthy, C-E-L-L, dot com slash sleep. Welcome to the interview room, Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement. I have a great guest with me today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a little bit about him. His name is Stu Peters, and um, this, from, this is from his bio. Stu Peters is not a radio legend, but he will tell you he is. He spent the last 18 years pursuing violent criminals or fugitives from justice, of 12 years, as the lead investigator at the U.S. Fugitive Apprehension and the last six years at the Twin Cities Apprehension Team. Peters is responsible for the capture of thousands of wanted fugitives. Peters and his team specialize in tracking those who are wanted for crimes against persons involving assaults, active gang members, crimes involving weapons, rape, and homicide. But he has also launched the new radio show, 
titled The Patriotically Correct Radio Show, where he vows to be relentless seeker of truth in America. And it can be heard on iHeartRadio. Uh, just search for the Mojo 5-0 radio station and tune into PC Radio Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. Eastern. Stu Peters, welcome to my radio show, the voice of American law enforcement here on America Out Loud. I can't imagine wanting to be in a better place right now, Randy. Thanks a lot for having me. <laughs> well, you know, we got lots to talk about. First of all, you and I, of course, share uh, heritage of law enforcement uh, right. and, uh, and then kind of branching out into the, into the radio world or the uh, news and information world. Um, mm -hmm. But with everything that is happening in America right now, there is a lot to talk about. Now, you're, you're real near the epicenter of the insanity in, uh, in Minneapolis. So you're, right. getting, you're yeah. getting a firsthand look about what's happening. Where it all began. And this is not only the epicenter of, I mean, okay, so what makes it the epicenter is not the fact that a career criminal uh, died after having contact with the police, okay? epicenter of everything going on in America today is the fact that that career criminal, that home invader was propped up as a martyr and made an, a hero by elected politicians. So when Jacob Fry, the mayor of that city in Minneapolis, had the opportunity to calm his citizens, to calm his constituents, to tell them, listen, uh, there was a, a critical incident involving the police and a suspect, not a victim, a suspect uh, in the Powderhorn neighborhood of our city. Uh, the, the, uh, the suspect, you know, um, has, has subsequently died at the Hennepin County Medical Center. Uh, there's a full investigation. We've handed it over to the BCA. There's independent film here from citizen journalists that are floating around the social media. We cannot confirm the validity of those videos. And we don't know um, what may have led up to uh, the point where the videos begin. Uh, we stand behind our brave uh, men and women in blue, and we stand behind the chief of police, uh, Arredondo, and we trust that uh, the BCA will do a full thorough investigation and that as uh, you know, information comes to light, we will pass it on to you. But that didn't happen. Instead, Jacob Fry you know, frames this as a racially charged murder and calls for the firing of these four cops that were involved immediately in a criminal prosecution. And he pro promises, you know, police reform and all of this stuff. So what happens then is then the, then the narrative is picked up by the media, because of course, you know, Randy, that the, the media is going to be in the tank for any liberal politician that's, that's in a big city in America or a ghetto of America that has entrapped and enslaved uh, citizens and constituents for their votes for decades. Uh, and so the media picks up with this, and then all of a sudden it starts spreading. Well, let, let, no but let's talk, let's talk about that. Before that even happened, um, the video that was shot by uh, a, a, a witness was on social media already. I mean, the optics of this um, are horrendous. Mm -hmm. You know, you see, you see a police officer kneeling on this guy's neck for an extended period of time. Yeah. Uh, the, the, and then, and the, the guy is, and the, while, while the man is dying, this is, this is a, a horrendous, uh, optical issue. <laughs> and this is going to, this is going to draw fire from all circles, even 
do, even if the mayor did what he was supposed to do, which of course he didn't, but I think we still would have seen the same results that we are seeing, you know, as a, you know, now, whether the mayor had come out and said the right thing or not, because I just think we are so out of control at this time that, that invest, that the, the, the tenor of things is a powder keg waiting to blow. And then I believe that this was also, na uh, you know, um, navigated uh, into what it has become uh, through um, not, this wasn't done by accident. Let me put it that way. You know, and no, it wasn't. And there's an intentional war on cops. And anybody who denies that is either in complete denial or is a total idiot. There, there is a war on cops. And it's evident by the fact that there are cops in the city of Minneapolis who I know personally who had live rounds fired at them in broad daylight, completely ignored and unreported by the media. They would rather report on, oh, for example, the history of Bob Kroll is, is, is the big story. His, his complaint history, by the way, none of which were ever sustained or substantiated. Right? No, so, so, the, so the listeners know Bob Kroll is the head of the union that represents the Minneapolis Police Department and a lieutenant uh, with stellar service. Yeah, 31 and a half years of honorable service uh, as, as a police officer and now a lieutenant, and like you said, the president of the Federation. And so the, the narrative here, which is completely false, is that somehow Chauvin has his job still after 22 years because of the representation of Kroll, who they frame as a racist, right? Well, let's back up for a second, because in Chauvin's 22 years as a, as a cop, Chauvin never had a substantiated complaint against him either. As a matter of fact, he never even required the services of the police federation in Minneapolis. So the union never arbitrated on his behalf in 22 years. It's unknown if Bob Kroll and Derek Chauvin ever even met in that capacity. They may just let, let me stop you there so the listeners know who we're talking about. Chauvin is the, is the officer who is kneeling on the neck of uh, George Floyd. Mm -hmm. Right. Just wanted you know, people to know who he is. And waiting for, um, waiting for facts, I think, I mean, you might be right that because of the polarization and uh, because of the, the false narrative of systemic racism in law enforcement, which I think was significantly amplified by the George Floyd incident, that's no secret, there's no denying that. But I think you're right that no matter what the, what the mayor um, of Minneapolis says, that this is going to turn into something, it's going to get national attention because you have video of a cop in uniform kneeling what appears to be on the neck of uh, a suspect who then later died. What's not talked about in the media, though, is the fact that the medical examiner's report, at least a portion of it that was, that was leaked, and we'll get to leaking in a minute because I know you want to talk about that body cam footage, but what the, the, the medical examiner's report says is that this guy was alive for more than 30 minutes after he got to the hospital. Okay, the media doesn't want to tell you that in the mainstream. They don't want to tell you that because they want you to believe that he died right there on the pavement with Derek Chauvin's knee on his neck because that's what fits the narrative of systemic racism. And Derek Chauvin is a racist. That's what they want you to believe. Yes. They want you to believe that Derek Chauvin set out that day to go kill a black guy and he was going to do it no matter what, which is a big, huge crock of crap. And it's a total lie that, yeah. the, that at the fault of the mayor, he went along with. Well, and not just the mayor. So, you know, I am in complete agreement with you that had, um, 
had the mayor and the city council and the and and the people in leadership positions um, taken a tone that was more hey let's wait and see what the investigation shows before we before we make accusations I think it might have curtailed or um, tamped down some of the some of the rhetoric and violence but I mean, we'll never we'll never know that now, but but for sure, we saw leadership absolutely fan the flames of of the of the agenda of uh, of cop haters. And and what we saw even more jaw dropping, Randy, was the lack of leadership and leadership that just ran away like cowards and disappeared in sheriff's offices around the country. These people were bowing and kneeling, quite literally, in the streets before criminal thugs who were lighting their cities on fire. They were laying down with their hands behind their backs for photo ops in full submission uh, before these criminal thugs. And my message to those cops is you better get used to laying in that position because that's the exact position that you're going to be executed in by the very criminals that you are showing support for now. And that I, might sound controversial, but that's true. You're, no, you're, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, watching, especially the, the, these chiefs and sheriffs who, <laughs> who, who were so, I mean, it was, it was pathetic to watch, pathetic to see this. And, and then to, um, in, in essence, surrender to the public narrative instead of, instead of standing up for, the, for doing the right thing. It, it, it was pathetic. And, but we're seeing, you know, if you look at, look at the leadership of, of, of Minneapolis, the, between, the, between the city government, and I, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm, I am uh, less than impressed with the chief of police. Less than impressed. Um, when, when they allowed uh, the precinct to get burned and, and to basically surrender it, Total travesty. That, that, that to me, uh, really showed me that uh, that there's a coward in the chief's office. Absolutely, there, there's there's a cowardice uh, mentality at that department, and it's been going on since Janae Harto and Betsy Hodges, the two most terrible duo. Betsy Hodges was the failed mayor here in Minneapolis. Uh, Janae Harto, the the failed chief that was the predecessor of Arredondo, who by the way now smells blood in the water because in because she's trying to become relevant again with her Twitter account and she's, she's out doing speaking engagements and all this other stuff. And that's because of the whole defund the police movement where somehow seven people on a city council are able to determine the fate of every citizen in the city of Minneapolis who depends on his tax dollars for the breadth of protection of the police department. And if you go out on the streets and you ask people, oh, what do you think? What do you think, man? Should we, should we get rid of the police? Are they the problem? Hell no. I had three of my, my cousins were shot and killed on this north side over here. I need the police up here. The, the answer is, is hell no in the black community and in the community all over the place in Minneapolis. And I would assume that that would resonate nationwide. But with this, with this defund thing going on and this you know citizen liaison position where they're going to somehow send unarmed people you know out <laughs> to deal with uh, these, what, what they're yeah and they're calling there and laugh uh, and they're calling these less violent offenses so some of these that they talked about were like uh domestic disturbance well 
that we all know anybody who knows anything about police work, domestics are probably the number one most volatile call that you can go to. You mean like, um, you, you, are you talking like, like the one that happened yesterday where the two police officers were shot as soon as they arrived? Uh, you're kidding. You know, that, that actually happens. <laughs> I, yeah. why didn't we, hear about, we have to tune into your show to hear stuff like that. Uh, so they're going to send these unarmed people out there. Well, so Janae Harto, the failed chief, smells blood in the water, and she obviously wants to have something to do with that. So she's going to come back in here now try to make herself relevant, and I wouldn't be surprised if she's the chief of the liaisons or whatever they're going to call these people. It makes my stomach turn to think that we, we as a people have allowed ourselves as Americans to be so stupid uh, that we're just blind to this, to this blatant lack of leadership and that we're going we're gonna to believe the media and these elected people when they tell us that police are the problem. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the narrative. It's the, it's the police are the problem, not the people who are shooting, stabbing, uh, running away from fighting with attacking the police. This is not their problem. This is, this is a police issue. And, and you know, how do you, how do you speak logically to the illogical? You know, how do you, how do you have a, a meaningful dialogue with people who um, are riding in the streets of Portland for 90 days? Uh, it, 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 but, it's just, you, you don't, you can't. There's times when you have, to, you have to stand up and man up and do the right thing and be the police. Mm -hmm. You cannot communicate with these people. Um, they're too far gone. Uh, you know, and I'm not talking about Democrats because there are some very good, sound-minded, stable people that identify as Democrats. But these people that are rioting, these people that are burning, these people that are looting and robbing and stealing and shooting at the police, they're too far gone. And what they are is they're criminals. And they're criminals that are uh, emboldened and they're criminals that are brazen and they're criminals that are entitled because they have been allowed to do so without the threat of arrest or prosecution. And it started in Minneapolis. And because of the cowardly inaction of the chief of police in Minneapolis and because of the racially charged rhetoric from the mayor here, the city was gone and it will never come back. It's too late for cops. And what I mean by that is any blood that is shed by a police officer in this entire country rests solely on the hands of people like Jacob Fry, Lori Lightfoot, people that are in these chief's chairs that are laying down and tolerating this crap the blood of these officers is on your hands. And I don't blame, the, out of a million cops, I would, I would venture to guess that at least 300,000 of them are working on their exit plans. We're seeing the mass exodus in Minneapolis already. Already a hundred of them are gone, and that's going to be the bottom of the, of the number. We're thinking it could go to two or 300, according to some very reliable inside sources of mine at the Minneapolis Police Department. So if that happens, you're talking nearly half of the allowed officers by charter to patrol the streets of Minneapolis could be gone. And the narrative from the chief's office and the narrative from the mayor's office and the narrative of the city council is less cops makes the streets more safe. Yeah. Is that a pill that people can, I mean, is that a pill that people are really out here swallowing? It's, it's, wow. it's absurd. It, it's absurd. It's mind boggling. And it's, I haven't been wrong about this too many times, 
but my radio career is it's, it's in its infantile state. So I've got a long time to prove myself. But I haven't been wrong about these use of force incidents in my predictions before radio in how they'll turn out. And I'm going to say this. In Kenosha, Wisconsin, I, I will bet you a friendly bet. I'll buy you beers, Randy, that that is going to be a justified shooting. I, uh, cops I'm, there, I'm thinking the same thing. I mean, and, and, but already we're going to burn things. And so to answer your question, I went around the block to go across the street there. To answer your question, how do you have a debate with these people? You have to meet their violence with superior violence. That's how you have a debate with them. They need to be arrested. They need to be prosecuted because they're criminals. And arson is a felony, and they need to be charged with a felony, and they need to be convicted of it if they, if they lit something on fire that burned to the ground. If they're looting and they're robbing and they're stealing, those are felonies, and they need to be arrested, and they need to be charged. The first rock or brick that gets thrown, that person needs to be arrested for felony assault on a law enforcement officer, and they need to be jailed, and they need to be charged. And when they run out of room at the jail, they need to ask an adjacent county for some support so they can put those people in their jail. There's no excuse for it. There's nothing that any of these cowardly chiefs or any of these cowardly politicians can tell me to allow me to believe that somehow I am supposed to accept the fact that lawlessness is happening on these streets and putting my kids and my loved ones in jeopardy. And when the police are called, they don't come. And I don't blame the police because to no fault of their own, to no fault of the street cops, they have become essentially useless in America. So don't be surprised when you see more of these lightly or unreported incidents of individual citizens picking up arms and defending themselves and shooting and killing people who are trying to carjack them, who are trying to run them over, who are trying to impede them. There was just a picture that I saw on social media yesterday of a guy who's armed with a bandana over his face, brandishing a firearm in broad daylight in downtown Indianapolis, stopping a vehicle from moving. It's hard for me to believe that that driver didn't just, he, I mean, he was in like a GMC 2,500 three quarter ton pickup truck. Uh, that would have been a dead guy. If I was behind the wheel of that truck, period. And you point a gun at me and stop me from moving. You're going to die. I'm going to run you over. You can't hit me very well from underneath the truck doing 40 miles an hour down the road. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, you know, we did see, um, I read some reports that in Kenosha, um, the residents, a number of residents and business owners came out shooting. And uh, of course, that's the only, that's the only language that these punks understand. Absolutely. And now on the national stage, you have a group of federal politicians um, and federal candidates, like the president, the vice, former vice president, failed former vice president, 47 year failed politician, a guy who's never done anything except for hate the police and lie about everything he is and be a misogynistic racist who smells little girls. This guy who's running for president uh, vows that he's going to defund, disband and, and get rid of policing in America as we know it all together, while at the same time being guarded by the very police he claims to hate. And it's all false. It's all fake. He's saying it because he's saying it for votes and he's trying to continue to enslave the black vote. He said it himself. If you don't vote for me, you ain't black. Right. <laughs> exactly. He believes he believes that black people are stupid enough to vote for him just based on the fact that he's on the blue side of the aisle, that he's a Democrat and he takes that vote for granted. But I'm going to tell you something. What you just mentioned was happening in Kenosha with people coming out and firing live rounds you're going to see that happening more and more. And these people are trying to disarm you and trying to take your guns so that you're not able to protect yourself 
and your daughter and your son and your pets and your wife or your husband or your brother or your sister or your mother or your father or your friends. They are trying to disarm you so that they can promote lawlessness, so they can open up the prisons and let these convicted people out using coronavirus or COVID as their reason to do it. And it's all a lie. The lawlessness is for their votes. And the only thing that they care about is their political future. And that is, that is right down to the chief of police in your city. Yeah. Everything has been politicized. Yep. Don't let it happen. You got to get out and vote on November 3rd. And I'm not telling you who to vote for. I'm just telling you to do the homework and figure it out. It's right there in front of you. It's, it's too obvious the way the lies are happening. And that's why people are looking to shows like yours, Randy, or to mine over at the uh, PC radio show for real truth in journalism, because you and I are both relentless seekers of the truth. And that is why these, these media people are being pushed aside. I got banned on YouTube yesterday. Really? Yeah, I got banned. One of my videos got deleted because I talked about the fact that I don't believe that white privilege really exists. And my co-host, who happens to be a black guy, agrees with me. And I'm not allowed to have that opinion uh, because according to YouTube, that was insensitive of me to say. Isn't, isn't this unbelievable? Totally unbelievable. It's insensitive of me to suggest that black people shouldn't accept the fact that they can't do better than the ghetto or the hood and that they should pursue something greater for themselves and they can be whatever they want to be in the best country on the face of the planet because of the equality that we're afforded under our constitution and go get it. Don't believe this media crap. And that was insensitive of me to encourage black people to do that because the narrative doesn't match. It's the, you know, the, one of the frustrating things about being a, um, a host of a, of a news and information show, which is, uh, you know, speaking about a subject that we are passionate about, but does not, um, does not correspond to the party line, so to speak, mm-hmm. is that you're constantly facing the criticism and the censorship of, of, the, of, the, um, of the social media platforms. I mean, you know, we count on social media uh, as, as, as a, a methodology of getting our message out. But what happens when, when the fox is in the hen house, so to speak, and you are limited in, your, in, in our free speech in the name of, uh, of, of political correctness? Right. It's, it's amazing. Or these, uh, these fact checkers, right? Um, you know, Facebook uses Politico or whatever it is to do this fact checking and Snopes and all these other things. Uh, you ever notice the verbiage on these fact checkers that says, well, that's mostly false or, or that's mostly true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, there's no such thing, right? As most, it's either true or it's a lie, period. And I think it should be up to the individual to determine where they get their news from and to be able to do their own research to figure out whether or not it's true. What they're saying is, by mostly false, is that doesn't fit the narrative of the Democratic side of the aisle, which, by the way, the whole party has been hijacked by liberal, progressive, extremist radicals, um, you know, like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and the list goes on. But these are all people... Who will, stand, who will they'll stand right in front of you and they'll tell you, we're going to take your guns. We're going to decide what's best for you. You're too stupid to do it on your own. We're going to get rid of your police. We're going to let these criminals out of prison. We're going to raise your taxes. They have no shame in telling you any of this. 
and people just eat it up. Oh, that sounds great. I know, I know. So the fact that even close is mind-boggling. You're you're absolutely right. I couldn't agree with you more. So your show, your this is uh, this is talk a little bit about your program. Well, you know, um, I've spent the last years with you know um, a great team hunting bad guys and. Um, it's a passion of mine and, uh, we, uh, you know, we're going to continue to do that. We've built a very prolific, uh, uh, business, the largest and, and certainly the most effective private apprehension agency in the, in the country, Twin Cities Apprehension Team, uh, shameless plug. You can find us on YouTube, check out our Facebook. We've got 30 some thousand followers, really nice little deal. Uh, and we, we, we've put away some really bad people. Our agency specializes in crimes against persons, gangs, guns, drugs, rape, murder, child assault, sex assault, that kind of thing. Uh, and we've brought back some very heinous people. But um, this this radio deal kind of took off by accident. I interviewed on some other shows like yours, and then I was approached, and, you know, how about your own show? And I vehemently fought that. Absolutely not. I was fervently opposed. And then I was like, like okay, sure. So um, I said to my, my partner, Richard, who's my partner also in the apprehension business, I'm going to do this if you're going to do it with me. And we're going to vow to be relentless, unapologetic seekers of truth. And it doesn't matter who our guest is or who we're interviewing. Everybody is going to be held equally accountable to that standard. We, were, we will not put up with lies. We will not put up with deceit. And we will expose those who are, even if it means that we're going to be banned on things like Twitter and doxxed in places like YouTube. That's fine because we've got other platforms. But uh, for now, or at least until the FCC bans me, you can catch us uh, <laughs> on, uh, on iHeartRadio at 5 o'clock Eastern, Mojo 5 Radio, or just check us out on Facebook the patriotically correct radio show and all of our platforms will be advertised there and all the places that you can find us, including Spotify and Spreaker and uh, iTunes. We're, we're all over the place. So the patriotically correct radio show is something that I think, um, you know, I think that I can really find a passion in. So if I can make a little bit of ching doing this thing, uh, then, you know, then by God, I might be able to find a way out of it. I'm 40 years old now, Randy. I, uh, you know, jumping oh, these gates and oh, chasing yeah. these guys. <laughs> it's a young man's game, that's for sure. It's getting to be a younger man's game, that's for sure. But we're still in we're still in the good fight, and uh, you know, it's uh, it's these are these are exciting times. And you know, one thing that um, all of the politicians on both sides of the aisle have right, and what they've said at the DNC and what they're saying at the RNC is everything is on the line this November. And so between now and then, uh, put your seatbelts on, folks, because it's going to be a hell of a ride. That's for sure. Okay, we've about run out of time here, Stu. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to come on to Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement, and talk about your new show. It's very exciting. Thanks for having me and allowing me to filibuster. I'm good at that. <laughs> it's, all, it's all good. <laughs> you take care. End of Watch with Randy Sutton. In my 34-year police career, I'm really proud of a lot of the accomplishments, and um, there's something that that I'm most proud of, and I think that in the in the years since I retired, I think the most important thing that I could ever have done was to create the Wounded Blue, the National Assistance and Support Organization for Injured and Disabled Law Enforcement Officers. It is a 501c3. It is a charity. There is uh, an incredible amount of work that's gone into this. And the people involved, I got to tell you, we have uh, uh, a peer team that is incredible. 
All of the officers are part of this peer team have been shot, stabbed, beaten, run over, screwed up and screwed over. They provide peer support to injured and disabled officers, whether those injuries are physical, emotional, psychological. And, uh, you know, here's the thing. When you get hurt on the job, many people believe that you're going to get well taken care of, both uh, uh, through your department and the city, and you're going to get good medical attention. Well, the, the reality is quite different in many, many places. Um, there are so many officers who have been thrown away once they have become injured and disabled. If you are one of those officers, contact us at thewoundedblue.org and uh, we will provide you peer support because that's what we do. We also have an incredible program, Code 4 Total Wellness. This is unbelievable. 24-hour-a-day telemedicine with licensed MDs, discounts to dental work, discounts to x-rays and prescriptions, uh, financial counseling and wellness, and most importantly, the Confidential Assistance Program for Emergency Responders. This is an unbelievable program. Uh, it is life-saving. It can save careers, marriages, and lives. Go to thewoundedblue.org, thewoundedblue.org. See who we are. See how you can help because i got to tell you, uh, these men and women need all the help that they can get, and your donation of 5 10 15 bucks can make the difference for the for, for one of these men and women who has been injured in the line of duty. Check it out, thewoundedblue.org. Uh, we have an amazing documentary film on Amazon called The Wounded Blue and also a series uh, on YouTube. Go to YouTube and then punch in Wounded Blue TV and you'll see our series, Voices of the Blue. Check it out, thewoundedblue.org. If you have been hurt and you need us, always remember this. Never forgotten, never alone. That's the way it should be. The Wounded Blue. Each week on Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement, we show our respect for the men and women of the profession who have made the ultimate sacrifice and given their lives in the line of duty. We call it End of Watch. Unfortunately, I have way too many names to read this week. The first is police officer Byron Brown of the Tohono Nation Police. End of watch Thursday, August 27, 2020. Cause of death, murder. The second is police officer Jorge Cabrera of the Mission Police Department in Texas. End of watch Monday, August 24, 2020. Cause of death, COVID-19. Next is Deputy Sheriff Richard Treadwell, Dane County Sheriff's Office, Wisconsin. End of watch, Saturday, August 22, 2020, cause of death, COVID-19. The next is Ranger Brendan Unit of the Larimer County Department of Natural Resources in Colorado. End of watch, Thursday, August 20, 2020, cause of death, drowned. The next is Sergeant Virgil Thomas, Richmond Police Department in California. End of watch Thursday, August 20th, 2020. Cause of death, COVID-19. Corporal Michael Ambrosino, Horry County Police Department, South Carolina. End of watch Wednesday, August 19th, 2020. Cause of death, COVID-19. Corrections Officer, Five, Herbert Garcia, Texas Department of Criminal Justice. End of watch, Tuesday, August 18th, 2020. Cause of death, COVID-19. 
Detention Deputy Charles Pugh II, Santa Rosa County Sheriff's Office, Florida. End of watch, August 18th, 2020. Cause of death, COVID-19. Corrections Officer 5, Elizabeth Jones, Texas Department of Criminal Justice. End of watch, Saturday, August 15th, 2020. Cause of death, COVID-19. Deputy Sheriff Stephen Bradley Crazy Wolf Dutton, Harris County Sheriff's Office, Georgia. End of watch, Friday, August 14th, 2020. Cause of death, COVID-19. Each of these men and women gave their lives serving and protecting the communities and the state and city that they served. May they rest in peace. Hey, thanks so much for joining me this week on this episode of Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement, here on America Out Loud. Listen, follow me on Facebook. It is the voice of American law enforcement. Uh, Also, Twitter, at LT Randy Sutton. Oh, I think I have some other social media accounts, but I don't use them that much. So, Facebook, if you've got some story ideas or some feedback, hit me up over there on America Out Loud.